Lookout Rangers, I'm your host, Jacob Cyrus, and as always, thank you for listening. Guys, it is still September the 29th of 2020, and as promised, here is that second podcast of the day because I did cut it a bit short with just the predictions of the bracket there this morning. Right now, the Yankees are just absolutely pouring it to the Cleveland Indians, and I went ahead and just cut the radio off because... If I waited any longer, I was just going to say screw it and go to bed. So, here you have it, guys. Um, Started off pretty stout with the uh, Houston Astros and the Minnesota Twins. Their game one of three. And things started out promising for the Twins as they loaded the bases there in the first inning. But Zach Grinkle-Stilskin was able to get out of the jam And though he only pitched four innings, he gave up only two hits and one earned run. However, it was the Southpaw, Framber Valdez, who secured the win for the Astros in what came down to the wire in the ninth inning on both sides. It's a heck of a ninth inning. So if this podcast doesn't do it justice, go back and listen to it because, or watch it. I say listen to it because, you know what? I'm having to listen to this whole freaking thing over the radio. I signed up for another month on the MLB app, and they screwed me out of $25 because of these mother-effing blackout restrictions. So, I gotta figure out, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm probably just gonna listen to it over the radio for the wildcard series, and then... I guess I'll get ESPN Plus. I'm I'm so done with subscriptions. Oh my gosh, man. It's just getting out of hand at this point. I mean, they tell you to cut cable and direct TV and like start streaming and you do it and everything was perfect there for a little bit. And then what happened? Everybody got greedy and they want to go their separate ways and now you have like 50 million subscriptions to worry about. Instead of just one package deal. Gosh, makes you kind of think, you know. But anyways, let's go ahead and get back into it. Uh, The Twins could have avoided the entire surge in the ninth inning had shortstop Jorge Polanco not pissed away an easy, easy fielder choice throw at second as he threw against the bag, loading the bases in which the go-ahead lead was handed by Sergio Romo Walk. And there, uh, Caleb Thielbar replaced Romo, but someone had other plans. And I know the Rangers know who I'm talking about. That's Michael Brantley. He DH'd for the Astros. A name-us Rangers fan shriek when muttered. Michael Brantley gave Houston the extended lead in the top of the ninth with a double RBI sharp liner to center field scoring Correa and Springer. And there in the bottom ninth, Minnesota showed that they were down but not out however it just wasn't enough they uh put runners there on first and second with one out and then Ostadio he comes up to bat grounds out into a third base unassisted double play as he throws over to first after tagging third to uh end the game so Minnesota ended up finishing with, you know, just the one run, four hits, and that unfortunate error at short. That's what really cost them, in my opinion. Even though 
they only had four hits and they gave up eight hits to Houston, I feel like that error, if it didn't take place, well, they probably would have won with just their four hits, believe it or not. So Houston, they end up taking it, four runs, eight hits, and the clinch on game one, putting the Minnesota Twins in the hot seat. So there was that game. It was definitely exciting. And then, of course, my favorite game, which uh, was the Chicago White Sox and the Oakland Athletics there for game one, a game that started an hour after the inaugural first game of the postseason being Minnesota and Houston and finished nearly at the same time. And uh, bats got going too late for the A's as Giolito came out with a historic outing for the organization as he pitched a perfect game through six innings until the seventh inning as his reign was ended by La Stella. As I mentioned, historic in reference to Lucas Giolito's performance. No pitcher had ever pitched perfectly through four innings, let alone six for the White Sox uh, since they had faced the Reds there for the World Series in 1919. So it's been a minute. It's been 101 years <laughs> since they uh, pitched that well in a uh, postseason game. Um, the uh, Speaking of the White Sox pitching there, of course, I was talking about Lucas. Uh, perfect game through six innings. Ended by La Stella on a sharp grounder up the middle. That was their first hit, which took place in the seventh inning. And then he gave up a walk there in the eighth. And a second hit by Jake Lamb on a line drive to right field advancing uh, Canada third in which Lucas Giolito goes seven innings pitch plus two batters, uh, or I guess six innings pitch plus two batters there in the seventh, giving up one earned run, two hits, and a walk. Uh, Evan Marshall would then replace Giolito, uh, but Canna scored off a fielder choice ground ball uh, there from uh, short to second base. Marshall gives up a another, uh, uh, he gives up a liner there to uh, center field, putting runners at first and second. And then uh, Aaron Bummer went out to uh, finish the eighth inning, getting that ground out from La Stella on a, uh, another fielder's choice there at second, bagging Murphy to get out of the jam. So they definitely got lucky because things could have gotten ugly for the Chicago White Sox, but they just proved to be uh, stellar that first game. Uh, The White Sox hitting, uh, that's a whole different side, man. They were just absolutely mashing there uh, with three home runs. Adam Engel there with the uh, solo in left center field there in the second inning early on. And then Jose Abreu with a two-run bomb there in left center as well. both of those home runs were on Jesus Lazardo, and then the last home run of the night was by uh, Yasmani Grandal. They're a solo liner to right field by, uh, you know, pitching was uh, Joaquin Soria, and uh, Chicago, they ended up scoring their four runs with uh, nine total hits. Oakland, one run, three hits. Uh, they're backed into a corner as nobody would have wanted to face the underrated seventh seed that are your Chicago White Sox. 
they're definitely more deserving than a seven seed. That's just kind of kind of how it fell. But I mean, they lost quite a bit of games. I believe like seven out of their last eight games they lost, giving Minnesota the go ahead. But yeah, man, Minnesota just looked uh, they looked weak, man. They looked flat, uh, in my opinion. But let's go ahead and advance over to the Tampa Bay Toronto Blue Jays game. I listened to a few innings there um, of this game on my way home from work. And let me tell you, I'm all for a battle of the bulge. I'm talking pitchers. But listening to that over the radio will make your drive home seem twice as long. I swear. I felt like I was drifting off the road a couple times just listening to it. And I love those pitcher battles. I believe I did a podcast where... Um, that chess match between uh, pitchers is actually more interesting than a lot of people give credit, but it just, uh, there it was a total snooze fest, they're driving and listening to that, but the uh, Rays, they started with Blake Snell on the mound, who was just absolutely lethal going into the sixth inning, and to be honest, the, re- the uh, relief, they were nothing short of Snell's effort, as they each gave up, but a hit or two apiece, keeping the Jays at a uh, subtle five hits and one earned run as they put up three runs off only four hits. So they had less hits, but they just meant more. And, uh, of course, the Rangers know what we're talking about when somebody's hits mean more. You can out-hit a team, but (laughs) if they get the big ones, man, that's a wrap. Uh, It was the wild pitch there in the bottom of the fourth that gave Tampa Bay the uh, lead 1-0, and they wouldn't score again, however, until the 7th when Manny Margot absolutely just tears into one with a two-run homer to left field, extending their lead 3-0. Toronto did score their only run off a sack fly by Bo Vichetti, but that's pretty much where it went cold for the Blue Jays as Tampa Bay puts themselves ahead in the series of three. So... Uh, we'll go ahead and talk the New York Yankees-Cleveland Indians game. Even though it's still being played right now, it's out of reach. The Yankees won, so um, if I don't get all these stats, it's just because the game hasn't finished. But I got enough jotted down to where I felt comfortable with just going ahead and doing this podcast instead of waiting for that uh, crap fest to finish. Um it's just a nightmare outing there for Shane Bieber for the uh, as the uh, starting pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, in case you didn't know who Shane Bieber was, uh, as he gives up a slew of runs there, sending his ERA for the night, I believe, at 13.5, which could possibly be a career worst for him. Uh, Aaron Judge absolutely laid down the law early with a two-run whopper there in right center field followed by an RBI double by Luke Voigt in the third however uh, uh, Jose Ramirez he answered back there in the bottom of the third with a sharp grounder to right field scoring to Shields to tighten the deficit down three to one but the the, uh, contribution was pretty much short-lived as uh, Brett Gardner, you're going to hear his name a couple times, Brett Gardner doubled on a fly ball to left field, scoring one in the process, giving back the Yankees a three-run lead. And to add more salt to the wound, DJ LeMayhew, he singled there 
just past the shortstop, grabbing an RBI single as Gardner crossed the plate, making it a 5-1 game halfway through nine. Cleveland continued to show life as Josh Naylor banged a solo bomb. Now this is where I started listening to the game. Naylor got that bomb, that solo bomb there in right center as he pretty much, just by the sounds of the the uh, radio host, he grabbed all of that one. Uh, he cut down the score 5-2, to but Bieber Fever pretty much struck again as he gave up yet another two-run bomb, this time to Glaber Torres, before being yanked from the game as he was replaced with reliever Phil Maton. Uh, there at the top of the seventh, the Yankees pretty much poured on the sauce, so to speak, as Gio Urshela sack fly to right field when Torres showed he pretty much had a little more in the tank as he busted a liner to center field scoring void off an RBI single. And it gets a whole lot worse, guys, for the Indians as Brett Gardner, as I mentioned earlier, he drives one dead center to make it New York 11, Cleveland 2 with that home run. I mean... They were just absolutely shelling. It didn't matter if it was Bieber on the mound or whoever. They got all of them, man. I mean, they just absolute. When the Yankees show up to hit, I mean, they could be. They could. I'm telling you, man. You might see them in the the AL Championship Series. I didn't think that they would contend in it, but after how they came out swinging tonight. I mean, I might have to rethink my bracket. Speaking of my bracket, uh, I did actually put the Padres over the Cubs, I believe. I can't remember who the Padres had to face in their bracket, but the, uh, um, I gave it to the Padres, man. I like the Padres more. Uh, I even think I possibly had them winning it whenever I filled out my bracket there for the uh um, possibility of winning $100,000 via the MLB app. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and get back into this game, and then I'll go ahead and close out. Garrett Cole for the Yankees proved to be in command of most of his pitches, unlike Shane Bieber, which ultimately gave New York the opportunity to allow their batters to walk up to the box with more confidence than the Indians, plain and simple. Um... They just looked like they were ready, and Cleveland just, they did not. I mean, it seemed like any time they even tried to uh, shake what Shane Bieber, you know, had done there the inning before, uh, they tried to shake it off. I mean, it just kept getting worse and worse, so, I mean, they just couldn't catch up. Yankees were just hot, and we'll see what happens um, here in the uh, game two. But, yeah, guys, uh Stay tuned for more recaps and stuff. It's uh, it's it's going to come down to the wire. I really feel like um, Minnesota definitely uh, surprised me with their performance. I thought they were a little bit better than how they uh, appeared this game one. So I'm still going to, I still think they're going to come out on top over Houston, but they definitely have a lot to prove. And as far as the uh, Chicago White Sox, I think they're going to have no problem taking game two and winning the series there uh, over Oakland. 
so I think I was right about that. And of course, Tampa Bay and Toronto, there's no question. I think Tampa Bay is just going to be that team that ends up going all the way there for the American League. And uh, However, the New York Yankees definitely surprised me with their uh, bout against Cleveland. And they might, they might be a threat, man. Uh, it's not might. They are a threat. They are definitely a threat. And anybody who doesn't feel threatened by the Yankees uh, did not catch any of this game tonight. But, guys, I'm going to go ahead and close out. Y'all have a good night. And I will uh, talk to you all tomorrow, hopefully. We'll see how uh, everything fans out the rest of the way. And just stay tuned for more recaps and updates, guys. Y'all be good.